Yes, uh, uh, surely uh, the amazing rise of the cryptocurrency, not only of Bitcoin, uh, is the expression that uh, investors uh, have a certain skepticism about uh, being having trust in the regular currency. Hi everyone. Before we get started, I have to plug a few quick things. First of all, my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, is now available to order. You can read some chapter previews by following the link in the description below. Our sponsors, ExpressVPN, get 35% off 12 months of ExpressVPN and get 25% off podcast hosting with Podian. Finally, if you're watching this on YouTube, please go check out odyssey.com instead. We are hosting all our videos there. If you're a creator, you can move your videos across with one simple click and you can earn cryptocurrency simply by watching videos and use it to tip your favorite creators like myself. So please check that all out if you want to support the show. Anyway, here's the podcast. So hello and welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today I am speaking with Professor Anthony Mueller. He is back speaking to us for the second time. Uh, Anthony, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Josh, for having me on. Great being with you. No problem. So as I mentioned before we started, uh, I'd spoken to you a few months ago about um, a lot of sort of financial um, matters and uh, basically with the, the there's been a lot of talk recently about the, the sort of, especially in the GameStop community, of the impending collapse of the financial sector. Um, there's been a lot of talk over the past year about inflation and um, a lot of the problems with, with fiat money, with, with crypto becoming so huge over the past um, six to nine months. So basically, I wanted to get you back on the show so we could talk about some of these things. So uh, why don't we start with the like the simple one? So what is inflation for people and, and why is it either good or bad for an economic system? Well, uh, we have to begin with a concept uh, and uh, popularly uh, inflation is defined as a general rise of the price level. But this is not the original uh, concept. The original concept, when first it was used, inflation blowing up, extension, uh, inflate, uh, was uh, referred to the uh, money supply. So uh, when traditionally one spoke about inflation, the point was uh, talking about the money supply, the money volume that, that expands, and it was implicit in this concept of inflation that as a consequence of that, uh, the, the prices in general uh, would rise. Now, this has changed, uh, this concept, and now it's cut off from the origin. So it, uh, instead of denoting the cause, as it was the case in the past, uh, well, since the 50s, 60s, it came up to be called uh, for the effect. And this is the first part of the confusion. So uh, even in textbooks, you can now read uh, things like uh, uh, cost push inflation. Yeah, just thinking that the costs rise, uh, which is, if you just think a little bit about it, uh, let's call it at least a weird concept, because I ask my students when they come up with that, now what are costs? And they have to admit costs are prices. So when you call inflation a cost push inflation, yes, you automatically are somewhat uh, tautological. And uh, because you say prices rise, because prices are rising, which is obviously ridiculous. And the other big concept in the discussion, you can also find them in the textbook, is demand. Uh, caused uh, inflation. Now, uh, then we have to ask, 
where does demand come from? And well, demand, and they sometimes call it effective demand, uh, requires uh, that you have uh, some money. Of course, I can go into a bar and say, I demand. Yes, but not very long without money. And so uh, the money here also comes first. And this is the big problem we have nowadays, that the discussion is distorted from the beginning. People look at causes where they are not the case and forget about what's behind, which is the blow up, the expansion, the inflation of the money supply. But the problem is the relationship between the money blow up between this inflation and the Where price level rise is not mechanical and not direct. And this makes the matters complicated now. Mm. So basically you're saying it comes from uh, two, two specific sides. So you've got the, the increase in demand or the increase in the, the money supply. So in the case of the the increase in money supply is what we're looking at um, over the past uh, year or so. I think it's it's over one third of all dollars um, in that are in circulation right now were printed in the last twelve months. So what does that do to an economic system? Uh, by when you like, uh, maybe not even right now. Like historically and theoretically, what does that do to an economic system? Well, now it unfortunately has to be uh, get a little bit technical. Uh, but first, uh, uh, let me explain again. Yeah, demand you cannot utter demand, effective demand, without uh, a means of payment. So even if you call it a demand. Uh, cost uh, uh, rise of the price level, there must be money behind. And it's the same with the cost side. If you say money rise because costs have in increased, you also have to note that behind these costs or costs are money prices. And when money prices rise, the money must rise first. There's also a, of course, uh, the supply side effect in the whole game. So this is really a complicated matter uh, when you think about that there can be a shrinking of the physical supply of goods and the old amount of money uh, is still around. Yes, so you have a implicit inflation. Yes, so you have an, an, a certain money amount uh, uh, in the system, and then you have a collapse of the economic structure of the production, and now you have in relation and relative increase of the money supply. This typically happens after a severe uh, uh, natural uh, disasters, or uh, typically in the face uh, of, of the wars, when there is a destruction of the supply. So we have to keep all these things in mind in the first place, and the supply of goods and the money supply and the demand for goods. Now, as to the money supply, where does it come from? That is actually your very important question, where does it come from? And now we have to note that our modern monetary system is a so-called fired monetary system, which means the, we have a, a two-tire banking system, commercial banks and central banks. And the one could also authorize the commercial banks to issue money of circulation, physical money. But we limited that, or it's been limited, to fired money in the deposit area. So you send, uh, uh, commercial banks create money by giving loans. Yeah, so here we have a, a system of money creators. The 
the uh, commercial banks. Now, physical money notes and, and coins are there, have their origin in the central banks. And the central banks also have authority over the commercial banks and can regulate their creation of money. Now, what we have experienced recently, it, actually the first main impulse came in 2008, the financial crisis of 2008. But as the economy did not take off, as, as some authorities expected, they gave more money into the system. So this is the part that the central bank plays. Now, the central bank, be it in the US, the Federal Reserve, or the European Central Bank, or the Japanese Central Bank, they do the following. They create money when they want to push the interest rate lower. So that's what, they, what their intent was uh, over the yeah, uh, past uh, uh, years. Uh, to to stimulate the economy by lower interest rate and to practice a policy of SIRP, zero interest rate policy, and even NIRP, negative interest rate policies, as for example is the case uh, in Japan and, and the, the European Central Bank. Now, by doing this, the central banks buy government bonds and sometimes other financial assets on the market. On the market, they take out the bonds from the market and pay with money that they create. Now, the problem is, where does this additional money now land? Well, first of all, mainly it lands with the commercial banks. But when the commercial banks do not increase significantly their loans to the private sector, to the economy, uh, it may stay with the commercial banks or they may redeposit it uh, at the central bank. And, and this is, has partially, partially happened. So this, the balance sheet of the central bank exploded. They created base money, as it, it is called, base money from, from the central bank. They bought bonds, government bonds on the market, paid these government bonds by giving cash to the former uh, owners. And uh, this was the intention to lower the interest rate. And this they have achieved. And they had to do this again and again. It was called uh, 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 quantitative easing. Uh, quantitative easing in various phases. We are probably in the fourth or fifth phase of that. And now, of course, a final mega push of this policy came due to the uh, uh, complications of for the economy with the lockdowns. So there is a huge, yes, uh, pond of liquidity in the system, yes, but it has still remained largely in the financial system. Part of it went into the stock market because stocks get more attractive uh, when the bonds rate fall, fall, when the interest rate falls. So you have created mainly a boom and even a bubble, one may suggest, at the stock market. And then the other effect that is also very visible in, in many parts, in, in Europe uh, uh, as well as in the US, an immense uh, rise of the uh, asset prices that are not just financial, but also the real estate. So these were the points where the liquidity entered into the stock market 
and into the real estate market, but it did not enter, enter fully into the usual commercial activity that is the prices for consumer goods and producer goods. And uh, so we have an official inflation rate, the so-called consumer price index, which is still moderate in comparison to the mass of monetary volume that uh, was created uh, 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 since the, the, the uh, since 2008, you really have a takeoff of this uh, money supply in terms of the base money and the according uh, balance sheet of the of the central bank. Uh, sorry, that was a little bit uh, technical, but otherwise we would not get the point straight. Yeah, no, no, don't, no, never, never apologize for being detailed. Um, so, uh, there, I just want to clarify a few things that you've said there to make sure I've, I've understood before we move on here. Um, so, uh, you're saying that they were essentially printing a lot of money and, and creating a lot of money through, um, techniques like quantitative easing, um, as a hope to increase liquidity and therefore push interest rates down because there's a lot of money in order to borrow. And then theoretically, that would be lent out and help to stimulate economic growth. But instead, what's happened is that it's led to all of the liquidity kind of remaining with the commercial banks, some of it going back to the central bank when they buy back um, like stocks or, or bonds or, or anything to try and um, in increase like the, 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 the liquidity that, that commercial banks have. And that's why we haven't seen like a big blow up in prices of everyday goods in the same way that we would expect to see when we print this much money. And uh, we've seen massive increases, bubbles potentially in the stock market, the housing market and assets like cryptocurrencies. Is that a fair su summation of what you just sort of explained? Yes, uh, uh, ju just a small point. Um, one must not forget that the commercial banks have uh, banking accounts with the central bank. So in a crazy kind of, of loop, uh, the, the commercial banks sell financial assets to the central bank. The central bank gives them base money, real money that they can use. They can also put turn into pure cash. Yes, but they don't do that. They deposit this base money back into their accounts at the central bank. And behind that is their fragility. Yes, they, 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 that is a kind of safeguard uh, for, the, for the banks. Those so they are full of cash and getting ready uh, uh, for some kind of calamity where they can draw on this money any moment. Yes, it's like when, when a person, personal uh, individual fears that some calamity may, may come, he may sell some uh, assets that he has and deposit it in terms of cash instead of uh, financial asset or any other kind of real asset. But, but this is basically what is. So there is a huge amount of liquidity present in the in the backyard so to speak that has not yet ended the economy you can actually compare it to a kind of of dam and behind the dam the water is rising and rising and rising but the opening of the dam is still pretty close a uh, closed and so only a small amount of that enters the real economy and now we, we come to the idea of the collapse of the crash yes those you can imagine when this water rises and rises yeah at some point it overflows yeah or uh, the bank the dam would break yeah the levees would break 
and and then then you have that what uh, what you mentioned that that the system would enter into a mega debacle and 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 amazing this uh, distortion and collapse even probably Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, this is the these are the rumors that are being thrown around, um, at least by by a lot of uh, sort of financial commentators on on online. Um, I mean, <laughs> one one comment I saw last night really really cracked me up. Um, it was Jim Cramer saying everything's fine. There's nothing to worry about with inflation. And then underneath, someone had commented with the video from like three days before Bear Stearns collapsed in 2008, where he was like, it's fine. Don't sell your Bear Stearns stock. Bear Stearns are stronger than ever. And then three days later, uh, <laughs> collapse. Well, it, <laughs> it, it depends. It depends where you look at. No? If you look mm. at the dam uh, from below and watch, okay, only a little bit of water is coming out. It's a little bit stronger than we are used to. But look at the river, it's still calm, calm, no problem. You can you can put up your tent and, and sleep there overnight. Yes, <laughs> at the banks of the river, it's it's all safe. But the other view that you want you need, when you need a drone or a bird, bird's eye view, you see that the water behind the dam is above the usual level. Uh, that is quite mm. obvious. I mean, all numbers show that very clear that the level, uh, you have some idea about uh, regular normal level. Uh, and then you note that uh, for decades, that this has been rising and rising and rising. And particularly over, over the past uh, 10 years, it has uh, almost exploded. So uh, you're you're basically making the point that this has been building for a long time and that, that what we're seeing now is not just, uh, say, like 12 months of, of recklessness or, or poor management from the, the financial system. It's it's a, an accumulation of, of, of basically all the time since the I think you mentioned Bretton Woods the last time we spoke. We You marked that as kind of a, a beginning of, of, of the, the current sort of problems for the the global uh, for for global finance um one of the things i was i was keen to ask actually was do you do you see the 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 inflation of the prices of of cryptocurrencies as being a way for that excess liquidity to have found somewhere to go rather or is that a very very rudimentary understanding Yes, uh, uh, surely uh, the amazing rise of the cryptocurrency, not only of Bitcoin, uh, is the expression that uh, investors uh, have a certain skepticism about uh, being having trust in the regular currency. Now, traditionally, the alternative to holding cash uh, uh, in the form or financial assets in terms of dollars or, or euros or, or and so on yes you you had you had uh, the tradition of keeping gold uh, or silver sometimes but gold and, and silver even more so has the problem of storage and uh, the problem of safety and it's 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 cumbersome to, to use it, to store it. And then also it's you cannot use it as a form of payment very easily. So it has been a kind of safeguard, traditionally gold. And uh, now when the uh, cryptocurrency arose, there was suddenly an alternative. The advantage is the storage, uh, at least for the user, they say the the production of of bitcoins etc uses a lot of energy but that's another problem but for you as a user you have no storage costs and even more it is expanding ever more you can use it in little amounts which is important uh, different from gold let's say a gold bar and so on yeah. uh, to make the payments you need no, and so this is one of the signals of our modern time. It's an escape 
from the yeah, fired uh, monies that, uh, let's call them national monies or political monies or state monies. Yes. Uh, and so you have a private money and you have a private money that has, especially with Bitcoin, a kind of limitation. Yes, it cannot be produced uh, without limit, which is the case with the other monies in circulation, as I explained. It's a fiat money system. The central banks can produce money without ends. And even the commercial banks, as long as they hold certain ratios, can expand the money supply by extending loans. So you have this effect that uh, your the, 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 the relation between money and real goods is always biased towards a uh, implicit devaluation of the cash uh, and financial assets that you hold. Mm. So do you think that um, cryptocurrencies are capable of, of taking over from, from fiat national money um, and sort of solving some of the problems that, that you've identified of of fiat money in the um, sort of unlimited supply, uh, the ability for it to be kind of not leveraged, but the, the ability to hold mass amounts of liquidity being abused by commercial banks in order to um, be able to increase uh, not only the money side, but their own share of the money supply, um, if that makes sense. Uh, do you think cryptocurrencies are capable of 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 being a better form of money? Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> first of all, it has immense advantages, and this is why they are attractive. In my view, it has uh, a major weakness, being uh, maybe the victim of state action. We must not forget that, for example, Roosevelt, the American president during the Depression, yes, uh, prohibited the holding of gold. Mm. And in a, several, in, in a, a certain aspect, uh, this may also be the case when there is a crisis that Governments will uh, prohibit, will be a law that you get punished when you use bitcoins as a payment. This is what I fear a risk factor. So it is very good right now, as, as was gold in the past, but actually when you needed it, yeah, like in the Great Depression, uh, it, it was taken away, was confiscated. And with the cryptocurrencies, they could just uh, do that. It is no longer a legal way to pay. Now, it is right now a legal way to pay, although the money is the... the, the you can you can still always demand for a payment the national monies. This is uh, in, in all uh, 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 countries the case, that they have a national currency or the European uh, uh, Union has this part of the Euro countries that use, but it is a, a system where it is the money, official money. And beside that, you have a lot of unofficial money. You can even give credit uh, loans to someone simply as a promise and so on. Yes. So, okay, I pay this for you today and so on. Yes. Or you can use certain small things in exchange. It's all, it's all monies. Yes. So money is not limited to just the, uh, the, the paper or the, the transfers. Uh, we make uh, here in Brazil, where I live, you see announcement that people want to, to buy a, 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 a plot of land and offer their cars. Yes. So the car, uh, your old car or newer car would save as a payment. 
And so uh, you have these cryptocurrencies, as long as they serve as payments, they are money. However, how is it when the government simply says uh, you cannot you cannot pay it? They cannot really uh, prohibit it. It, it. it seems technologically very difficult or almost impossible. Mm. But what when you when you buy at Amazon or, or, or in a in a store, uh, and and the government says it's no longer legal to do that, and you will get punished by that. So uh, mm. the enemy is always the government is always the state in these matters yes mm -hmm. and they want to hold on to their money privilege because it is a kind of hidden tax and they don't want, like to give this away yes by by having this monetary privilege it's called seniorage yes the the the, the monetary authorities create this money Yes, out of nothing. And this way, we always suffer from its devaluation called inflation. Inflation mm. actually a devaluation of the money value. And mm. this goes into the hand of the original creator. And the original creators are the state. And it is a kind of tax that for most people is not identifiable. Uh, even worse, they think it's the bad businessman who rises, who raises prices. The hate goes to the business people, goes to the economy, because most people do not know what's behind the process. And so uh, governments, that is the weak factor. Now, governments depend on us in the very end. But how many people do we have on our side that will put an end to these kinds of uh, politicians we have uh, and really bring through a system in favor of the people itself. Hmm. That's a really interesting point you make about cryptocurrencies being the, the because the argument that, that immediately sprung into my head when you, when you began your answer was that um, I think it would be very difficult to regulate cryptocurrencies because of a the decentralized nature and b the kind of erasure of of national borders um on the internet like cyberspace has no borders so that that makes it very difficult to just ban altogether like you you can't go house to house with the police like they did during the depression to say hey give us your gold you have to you'd have to go and find all the wallets in all of the corners of cyberspace. And even then that doesn't work because people still have physical wallets. And, but the fact that they, they could like make it illegal for like big retailers or any of that to use is far more likely because they could just, in fact, they wouldn't even need to make it illegal. They would just need to tax the profits on it or the revenue that comes in in cryptocurrency enough that it would become unprofitable for companies and then they would refuse to take it um that's that's a really good point um do you so the other thing you sort of raised there that i find interesting is this definition of money as as essentially anything that we find valuable is that a fair is that how you would describe money as such like anything that we find valuable that will exchange well, it, it is actually, uh, uh, let's call it less than that. Uh, money itself must not be, must not have a value in itself. Uh, it must have a value to use for the next transaction. So this, this, this farmer, let's say, uh, as I mentioned, who, who, who sells his plot of land for a car, uh, he he takes the car because it's valuable, yes, and so you have a, a a real value in this transaction. But we could also, when we when we use uh, paper money, the paper money in itself is is useless and worthless. However, we use it because uh, I accept it. Let's better say I accept it or anybody else accept it, yes, because he knows, and as long as he knows and is sure of, that he can use it again. So the monetary system is based on trust. It has a legal side, of course, the government says, any debt can be paid by this money. 
even it's not even it has not intrinsic value yes that that's the point of this uh, uh, monetary rule yes but we we have no problem with that yes so if i get my salary uh, or any other money it's all right with me because i'm pretty sure that i can use it uh, for the things i need and the other persons accept it in the same way so it's the money in circulation although intrinsically it is just a piece of paper and uh, has no uh, value beyond getting used for transaction now this is the normal time and in normal times these things function and work but we are talking about uh, uh, Earlier times, it was called the bad times, yes, in, in the history books, in the novels, and in the history of the old folks. Yes, be careful, the bad times may come again. And in the bad times, uh, the, the phenomenon that happens is that you lose trust. Yes, you lose trust in government. Uh, because they cheated you uh, horribly, and you noted that you get cheated. Mm. And you get rust, uh, you lose trust in your business partner if it is not very known. So uh, there is a huge uh, uh, uncertainty entering the market. And this is the terrible thing because uh, then our transactions shrink, and with this shrinking, production collapses. And this is the financial crisis is a problem not by itself, it's just the liquidity shrinks. So this is one side of the problem. Okay, some people may have problems with their financial assets and so on, but this can be cured with new money. And that was 2008. Now, this is quite different when people lose trust into the system and losing trust means I limit my transactions, particularly those with a somewhat longer horizon. Okay, I may still use this money, which I have, uh, which I'm distrustful of for, for, for a bread or something like that, but I won't use it for a longer term investment, yes, or longer term obligation. And uh, I, I try to spend it as fast as I can. This has happened in the great inflations that people did not want to hold anymore this money. Yes. And then is the, the point where nobody no longer accepts this money. And this is the, 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 the consequence is in the real economy. The real economy then shrinks. Transactions end. And, and we see already part of that. I mean, th this is the big thing, lose of trust. Yes, we must not just look at the financial mechanisms. What, what happens is, is the uh, trust. And as they say, uh, uh, trust uh, the, the saying in general, not, not just for money matters, goes uh, trust builds over a long time, time uh, and is lost in a moment. Mm. Now, one and, of the things... The, oh, sorry, finish your, finish your answer there. Yeah, no, no, it's okay, fine. Um, I was just going to say, one of the things I, I, I've become like curious about is whether whether you think we, we are going to see the, the kinds of... Uh, of economic situations like you've kind of alluded to there, like we saw in um, 1920s Germany, um, like we see, we've see we seen in, in modern day in places like Venezuela or Zimbabwe, where there's been um, hyperinflation of the, of the currency uh, caused by, among other things, like rapid and, you know, maybe not excessive, but printing a lot of money essentially uh, do you think that we will see something like this happen to to the developed world, or do you think that that dam that's holding back the liquidity that we talked about is is kind of filtering enough out in the trickle through the the bottom in order to avert some sort of disaster here? 
Uh, well, uh, the potential is certainly here. Uh, you mentioned the, the German hyper, hyperinflation, the most studied case. There have been worse, actually, in history, not to forget, but it's the most studied because the statistics are relatively good and it has uh, high political relevance. It uh, was in 23, but the accumulation of liquidity, of fired money, of, of, of monetary creation by the central bank, uh, started in 1914 with the abandonment of the gold coverage of the mark and the financing of the war. And we must not forget that even still in 1922, well, there were smart, some rise of prices, but you could not really talk about a, a big inflation. Uh, people did not notice it. Many people still believed, yes, it, it, it is as good as gold. That's what we are used to. That's what we are told. The government tells us so. Yes. And then the trigger uh, for the hyperinflation came in this case from outside, uh, and it has to do with the reparation payment. So this was the shock Yes, that that the, the trigger, the 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 the, the uh, smash that lit uh, the, the, the huge amount of of liquidity that had been accumulated, and so the hyperinflation came almost out of the blue. When you look at that without the background, although one must know what was behind, yes, and it lit. And it happened in a very short uh, period of time. Most people were absolutely paralyzed. They could not react. They were, especially at that time, with the information and you had no, 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 no not these modern means of communication. Uh, people were just shocked and it is, it is well known, a large part, almost all of the so-called middle class, the savers, uh, lost everything. Uh, because at that time it was still usual if you wanted to to buy in this this time not yet so much cars but let's say a house uh, and 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 land you would first save the credit system the loan system was not so much developed at that time people even saved money uh, in preparation for marriage and so on now many people of the huge already formed middle class uh, that had savings accounts yeah, where they intended to, to buy something, uh, lost everything because the money turned out to be absolutely worthless. Uh, first, because of the price inflation, and then because the authorities changed the money. Yes, so it was absolutely useless after a mm. while. And this can happen. The, 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 the groundwork is laid. Uh, the massive liquidity is here. Yes, and uh, it takes a trigger. It takes the lightning match uh, to burn something. And this is all sometimes a surprise. Uh, this was also the shock in, in 2008 when suddenly were you were surprised that some brokerage houses could have difficulties. It mm. can be a major bank uh, that announces uh, problems. It can be a big company that announces problems or something that we actually do not know. And this is the, the point. I mean, we can always imagine this disaster, that disaster, and so on. And internally or financially or physically, we are prepared. But what hits us hard are the unexpected events that have never been on our radar screen. And these are the points that hit heavily on the system. And it can be a relatively small event, just a news, yes, like that would happen because it was still unsure uh, just to give this history, which is important to know, it mm. was still unsure in 23 whether this reparations treaty of the Versailles Treaty, these reparations uh, requirements, would really be realized. Uh, that was still uncertain. 
Yes, mm. Keynes has written a famous book about that and, and, and mentioned it. It's absolutely ridiculous and absurd. Now, then the news came that it's getting serious and this ha produced this shock wave. Now, it can be something that we just didn't know. No, this is not a real problem yet. I think we will handle that. Uh, and then suddenly comes the news. Now, this is why the whole thing is not to be foreseen. One cannot make a, a projection and, and it's not mechanical. And the point is always, and this is important, you have this mechanical part of the economy. Yes, the logical quantitative part. And then you have this philosophical psychological, political part, and you can put that into the word trust, yes? And, and you see, is our trust undermined in the moment or is it very stable? Now, uh, I would say it has, it has become already probably fragile, our trust in, in anything that has happened. Yes, particularly yeah. in the last year. Yeah, I think mm. we agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you, 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 used to, you, you mentioned something funny there that, that people in the 1920s, actually, almost 100 years ago, um, which is pretty, pretty crazy, yeah, yeah, um, had, yeah. uh, I was looking at some of the inflation figures there while you were speaking, just to look at like what, how, how much the uh, uh, goods increased in prices. Uh, a, a loaf of bread went from 250 marks in January 23 to 200,000 million in uh, November, which is was crazy, yeah, but you, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you said that like people were were panicking and uh, because you know we didn't have the modern media environment. I just thought, well, thankfully, people are all very calm these days and don't panic. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> not, uh, they don't go out and panic buy toilet roll when they think they're going to be locked inside. Um, yes, yes, that's <laughs> yeah. So I don't think I don't think the reaction of humans will have changed much in a hundred years, regardless of the technology, um, which both is hopeful in that maybe we've learned how to deal with things by now, um, but also um, sort of leaves me concerned because we're always doomed to repeat the same mistakes. Um, so what do you see um, panning out over the next um, sort of six to 12 months in terms of... Uh, the financial landscape of the world or um, any reforms that are, are, are uh, sort of brewing. I know there's been uh, a lot of uh, reforms in the in the SEC, new rules being pushed through regarding uh, liquidity for banks and, and um, like the amount of cash reserves they need to have for margin calls and, and things like that. Um, do you see any anything major changing without some sort of monstrous catalyst? Well, uh, the the system uh, that 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 we have and uh, that originated in the so-called Bretton Woods Agreement uh, is a fragile system, and it needs a lot of repair repair work. And it's a pleasure when you are econ an economist because you are the repairman and there are many highly paid positions for trained economists, yes, to help repair the system on all corners. And uh, But after a while, it's like a little bit of an old house, a very old house. Yes, the costs of repairing it get out of hand. And this has been the case uh, in the last decade or so. Before that, okay, with some amendments, you still could go on for the next round. A big major repair was in 1971. Yes, when the old system was changed from a gold-based to a dollar-based primarily on oil. And uh, with an agreement with the Saudis, a very interesting uh, geopolitical feat that had been made at that time. And then we had uh, the euro, introduction of the euro, where the Europeans said, okay, uh, we don't trust too much the dollar. 
yeah, so let's make our own system. So this came into, into being as a, another yeah, major amendment uh, to the old edifice. Yes, but in the, in the past, yeah, maybe since, since, since the new, new century, uh, the, the problems have, have uh, uh, increased and the repair work is getting ever harder to do. And uh, now some say that in the International Monetary Fund, in the major central banks, there are talks about a major reform. Uh, but it needs the political consent. Now, who could do it? Who could initiate a major reform in this area? Well, it would be the G7, which, which is meeting every year. And we have to watch out whether there is a consensus. But what are they talking about mainly? It's climate. Now, we have in various countries a climate craze. Yes, the ecology is the overturning view and little of the major political action, when you look at the parties, at the party people, the politicians, yes, they, they, they are not very prepared to, to attack this problem. Now it's left to the central banks but the central banks in itself have not this political cloud. And the IMF, the National Monetary Fund, is coming up with the idea we get a multipolar system. That is uh, the vision that they have is, okay, we still use the dollar as a major reserve currency, but it's not the only main or dominant reserve currency. Now it has already uh, fallen from a level of 80% of world uh, reserve currencies to about 60%. Now it will maybe fall to 40 or even 30 because we have two other that are uh, alternative to the, to the dollar, which would be the euro, if it maintains itself, and the Chinese currency, the yuan. So uh, maybe some part of the Japanese yen added to it. And you have already an artificial currency set up in the 70s already by the, by the International Money Fund, the special drawing rights. And the special drawings rights in, in, included a uh, couple of years ago also the Chinese currency. So in the special drawing rights, you have already this composition of currencies. And they, it is possible to launch that as a kind of uh, world currency. Yes, so uh, that would be a, a big thing that you could pay also as a private person electronically. And this is also very important electronically. So like a cryptocurrency, they are working on that, as you know. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. with SDRs, special drawing rights. Uh, these are, 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 are some, some plans that are coming up. And, and it is for a long time uh, in, in the making. Usually big plans like that uh, don't have uh, much, much success without a catastrophe. Uh, so this is a, a, a historical knowledge that the big things, big things don't get done without a catastrophe. Well, it's human. It's human. You know something is wrong with your life and so on or whatever you have. Yes, and you don't change as long as you can, but then you need a shock and then you, you do it. And now the, the Bretton Woods system itself is a result of the Second World War. Nah? So this is, you have this mega catastrophe where this project was launched. Otherwise, we, you could not bring the people together. So bad as it is, there are plans, bad plans, of course. Uh, other systems would be much better, like a 
you, you one could, could simply allow uh, uh, private banking. Yeah, so private banks could issue currencies yeah, like you use now credit cards. And when you remember, I remember when these credit cards came up, there were, were many credit cards, many credit cards. And, and somewhat uh, over the decades, two, three major formed itself that you can use all over the world nowadays. Yes, but it, it behind, of course, there is some money, some, some, some state money, but you can use your credit card uh, almost all over the world, although this credit card is not a state organization, but a combination of private banks. So this, this is easily possible to have some kind of, of, of private banking. Uh, another idea would also be to freeze the money supply, to abolish central bank. It would be a kind of gold standard without gold. Yeah, you could, if it's, it's political, that, that's the problem. I mean, we mm. can talk a lot and we have to talk and our talks are important because they form opinions step by step, they form opinions. And if we would not talk, uh, others would talk and, uh, and, and dominate the discourse. So it's very important to put forth our more libertarian or freedom-oriented ideas. Yes, but in the final mm. count, it... Uh, puts down the whole stuff on the on the political will and the political will as we can observe now is focused crazy as it probably is on climate on ecological on 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 putting all kinds of carbon uh, reduction and these things so you have a global consensus yes uh, which, uh, for example, I I think uh, is 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 wrongheaded, but there you have it. Yeah, all of, especially since there's a new president in the United States, uh, you have this climate accord reinstalled, the Paris Climate Accord. Yes, you have a global action in this area. area. Yes, but on monetary matters, uh, I don't see that in the making. And when I look at certain politicians that we have whatever he or she may be, be it in Germany or Britain or, or the United States, they do not seem for me to, very, to be very up to the task. And this is also a problem. Yes. So uh, yeah. you, you can, any, anything can happen. That is, that is the point. I, I just formulated uh, to a friend recently, you know what, uh, when I grew up, it took me decades uh, to understand the world. And then when I was uh, for, uh, had my education and so on, there was a period in the late 70s and 80s and 90s uh, where I actually thought I understand the world. Most of the things I observed, I'm talking about economy, politics and so on, were somewhat familiar to me. I could understand this action of the central bank. I understood Alan Greenspan very well. I was not uh, in favor of what he did, but I understood fully, fully, fully his action. Now, when we come to the change of the century, since the beginning of 2000, yes, uh, my doubts have written, uh, risen uh, ever more, <laughs> almost exponential way. And what happened, for example, <laughs> with the lockdowns, I, I felt absolutely crazy. I felt uh, uh, it, it was like a return of the craziness of, of, of waging wars. It, it, it felt to me as if there was no longer a chance to wage war against each other because of the situation with nuclear bombs and so on. So politicians could not wage wars anymore. They suddenly came up with the idea to wage a war against their own population. 
Yes, be it Britain or Germany, they all were very happy to impose lockdowns. Yes, and and you in the U.S. as as well. So old and whatever democracies were all even in Switzerland, they had their lockdown and were very happy with that. So I lost my confid confidence already in the soundness of the leaders we have, in the goodwill of the leaders. And I also think they have completely lost their mind with their climate obsession. Yes, and what, they, what they're doing to the world economy and to their own people. Yes, so, uh, well, I'm a pioneer in losing confidence, you may say. Yes, and uh, so I don't have a way to escape. Yes, well, you personally, you always have to see what is your personal environment in this situation. Yes, and each uh, uh, period, uh, each each locality has its own uh, escapes escape ways, and it depends uh, very much how old you are, what family you have, and so on, and where your their physical location is. Is, uh, uh, where you can say, okay, I prepare for something I do not know that will come. Yes, but something may come, yes, in, in a very mm. horrible way. A and something that will not be just personal. That's the point. I mean, personal things always happen and, and good and bad things can happen personal, but this will be not only a thing for countries, that we also had in the past. It was locally. Yes, uh, there were always been kind of conflicts and so So we had the first big, almost global uh, events uh, like, like, like the world wars. And now we have a global crash. Yes, even, even in the Great Depression, there were islands where you could escape from, from, from these things. What is hardly known is that when you were a government employee in the United States uh, during the Great Depression, or you still could maintain your job in a private business when you were not uh, unemployed, uh, living was not so bad. Yes, because prices fell drastically and it took a while to lower your wages if they ever could. So uh, you had some, uh, when you ju just make the calculation of the workforce, yes, 30% uh, are unemployed, but it still has 70% employed. And the 70% employed during the Great Depression in the United States, in Europe, it was a bit more difficult because of the fallout of the wars and so on. Yes, they did fairly well. Yes, and this also uh, counts for the re-election of, of Roosevelt again and, and, and again. So, but now we, 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 we will have a different uh, situation because uh, the, this, this kind of, of, of thing that will happen will affect very much the global supply chain system, yeah, which is so fragile, so subtle. Yes, and they, 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 the, the leading politicians in the major countries, yes, they, they smash it with a sledgehammer. Yeah, and it's a horrible thing that has occurred. And uh, we will have to see how easy it gets to get repaired these things. I mean, you may have heard about there's, uh, there are certain parts already lacking, not just toilet paper, <laughs> but, but, but uh, certain uh, 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 things for, for construction. Uh, some car yeah. factories have to yeah, stop, yeah. had to stop production. And uh, uh, so uh, if it spills over uh, uh, this, this, this uh, confusion, and distortion uh, to the uh, food uh, uh, area, that will be a, an amazing thing, yes. The, the, mm. That will be the shock, really, because our food supply yeah. also yeah. is organized, is industrial nowadays, no? It's, yeah. it's, it's industrial, you, you use industrial, you, you say, okay, I take a coffee, but actually be kind, coffee is a huge technology, a huge transportation system. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. 
And yeah, so, no, so Professor, I, I'm unfortunately I'm going to have to stop you there because I have to run here. Um, and uh, you, you've made some absolutely stunning points, and I really wish I could stay longer. Um, but I'm I'm gonna have to dash. Uh, we've 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 smashed through an hour there without even, without okay. even. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even notice until about ten minutes ago. I was like, Rob, okay, we've we've done a long time. Okay. Um, but I I want to really thank you for your yeah. I really want to thank you for your time. Um, and um, everybody check out uh, Professor Miller's uh, work. I will put everything in the description below for you. Um, and yeah, thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Sorry for extended. I was just talking on because no, it's a fascinating. No problem. Question. Yeah, I, <laughs> okay. I, I trust me. I wish I could. I wish I could go longer. I really would do. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, follow me on Twitter, or sign up to our mailing list. Thanks a lot to our sponsor, ExpressVPN, the number one most trusted VPN. Get lightning fast connectivity with servers in 160 locations across 94 countries. Keep your browsing privacy safe with ExpressVPN and get a 35% discount on 12 months of ExpressVPN when you follow the link in the description below. Don't forget my book is now out and available to order on Amazon and on bookshop.org. That's Brexit, the Establishment Civil War. And most importantly, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.